The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Welcome back to The Deal with Yield with our host, Kyle Reiner, Winfield United Master Agronomy Advisor. Joining us again on the phone is Randy Welch, Cropland National Alfalfa Agronomist. Randy, getting back to our discussion on Harvextra, how will farmers need to change their alfalfa management practices to accommodate this new technology? The agronomy uh, 101 stuff is really, the basics are still the basics. The basics of stand density do not change, so we need to have a, you know, at 50 stems, 55 stems per square foot for maximum alfalfa yield. That number does not change. That hasn't changed in 25 years. So stand density, year number one, year number two, year number three, to get your stand counts through those years, and then at year number three, we start dropping below 50, then we need to rotate those stands. Basic agronomy is going to stay the same. Alfalfa still takes about 50 pounds of potassium per ton of alfalfa forage harvest. That applies to corn silage, it applies to oatage, it applies to bale straw. Basically, anything that you're removing from that field forage-wise, takes 50 pounds of potassium. It doesn't matter whether it's extra alfalfa or conventional alfalfa. Again, the basics do not change. Phosphorus, the same thing. Soil pH, still very important for extra. That does not change. The other basic agronomy things that I think we've learned this last 12 months with extra is it's the same thought process as far as management. You don't want to plant the alfalfa seed too deep. I mean, if it gets in deeper than three-eighths of an inch and you have a pounding rain, the likelihood of that alfalfa getting too deep is the same as any other alfalfa. If you put it on top of the ground and don't roll it in and don't have good seed-to-soil contact, we have thin and uneven stands. If you plant a herbicide carryover that he had a cornfield and had a Whatever corn herbicide was on there, I mean, extra alfalfa is going to have stand loss and plant death from herbicide carryover just like any other alfalfa. So I think this whole process about extra is that extra does not give you any license to not be a good manager of alfalfa. I mean, it's just the change in the lignin modification of the plant. We basically made these small but significant changes in the biochemistry or composition of the alfalfa, and that's the only thing that's changed. Everything else is exactly the same. Now, as we move towards reduced cutting and better stand survival, and again, we don't know what we don't know as producers use this technology, but as we start working with it, we'll figure some of these other things out. But the basic agronomy does not change with extra as far as the basic fertility and stand densities and planting depth and those types of things. So I was out at a grower's place. He had around 800 acres of alfalfa, and he's getting some stands that are getting a little long in the tooth. And we were looking at him, and I was trying to explain to him on Extra and, and the flexibility of this. And and he goes, look, I got a field here, and I'm not going to switch my old farm to it, right? This is a perennial crop. I don't need to switch it in and out like soybeans. And, and then his question was, if I plant one field, how do I manage or how do I think differently? And, and I can't switch my whole farm all, all over at one time. A very common question, we're getting a lot of questions around that, is that I like the sounds of Harvextra, I think that's great, and so I'm going to plant a field of Harvextra. Now I've got X number of acres out of my total farm that's Harvextra. So a couple different ways to think about it. If you want, you can harvest those fields separately, mark the bales, or if you're doing bag silage, you could do bag silage, or if you're doing baleage, you could do baleage. So I think from a mechanical sorting physical standpoint, it's just a matter of the grower 
thinking through if he wants to lead feed that to his dairy herd. He wants to go to the fresh cows. He wants to go to the high group, not the low group. I mean, there's some of those kinds of things that I think mechanically the nutritionist and the grower are just going to need to figure out where they're going to store that feed, how they're going to store it. But the baled hay, baleage, or some type of a bag system where they're separating that feed might be an option. The other thing is, quite frankly, just plant the stuff and put it in a bunker silo. And what I like to say is that if you're harvesting your major portion of your alfalfa is non-harv extra, and you've got a field of harv extra, you harvest your alfalfa exactly the way you'd harvest your standard alfalfa on your farm, and then that material gets chopped with your other alfalfa, and on average, the average quality of that bunker silo is going to go up. You're going to have a two-foot layer of whatever's in that bunker silo, and, and you're going to grind the face. Modern dairies now basically grind from top to bottom, and they're basically mixing the alfalfa that was put in there at 10 o'clock in the morning, and 10 o'clock the next morning basically gets all ground off on the face onto a pile on the apron, and the feed gets all mixed together. So the answer for the bunker silo guys, in my opinion, is on average, the average quality of those hard extra acres will get blended in, and it will bring up the digestibility of that feed that you're feeding your dairy herd. So I, I think we sometimes overanalyze this, and I think you just start planting extra alfalfa next year, and you start harvesting it, and if you want to sort those bales or sort that silage out, that's fine. If your nutritionist wants to lead feed it to the high group, that's fantastic. If your operation does not allow you to sort that feed, then it co-mingles with your other alfalfa, and it becomes part of your general alfalfa dairy diet. A lot of producers that we talk to have a system where they can make separate piles. These drive-over piles are quite common now. There's lots of options that we can figure out how to make this work. So I don't think that holding off on planting extra because I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to change my cutting schedule, I just don't think that's the right reason not to plant. The value to the grower is too great not to use this product because all the fixed costs to his operation are basically the same whether you raise great quality feed or your average quality feed, or whether you take 5-ton alfalfa or whether you take 7-ton alfalfa. Much of those costs remain the same. And yield and quality are two things that we have a lot of control over as far as managers to help our growers do a better job of raising that alfalfa. I think one of the interesting things that the grower found to be a value to him is he doesn't necessarily cut it all the same day. And sometimes it gets away because we don't control Mother Nature and it does rain. And he looked at it and goes, look, if the rest of my product that I'm feeding on RFQ is low because I didn't get a cut in time, i got a wider window to cut, and I can blend this stuff off to make it better again. And I asked him the same thing. I'm like, you're not cutting it all the same day, so you can leave this stuff here without losing too much of your RFQ on it. Yeah, the other thing you just triggered on my thought process, and some of our modern operations have gotten so effective at harvesting alfalfa that the number of acres they can cover per day is so rapid that it may or may not make sense in this next comment. But if it does take you three to five days to cut your alfalfa from start to finish, the advantage of Harv Extra on the tail end of your cutting sequence, the benefit to that is that your forage quality will basically be the same from start to stop, right? So if it takes you a week to cut that alfalfa, a lot of dairies are certainly cutting inside of a week, but the dairies that do take longer to cut then you put your Harv Extra acres on the tail end of the cutting sequence. You put your conventional alfalfa on the front end of the cutting sequence. So that would be one way that you could use Harv Extra in some operations. Again, Harv Extra is going to have a lot of opportunities for a lot of different applications once we start working with growers and 
understanding how this technology may influence harvest decisions. The grower that I was out at, he goes, low lignin, does that mean there's no lignin? I said, no, I didn't say no. I said low. And he goes, well, how do I know it's going to stand? I said, well, it's going to stand just as well as the rest of your alfalfa. I said, it's just a product that you're paying for. That's not going to go out the tailpipe of the cow. So you should be able to uh, feed the cow and see the smile on the face. Yeah, I think that's a fair analogy. I mean, the other analogies I used, and think about rebar and concrete. When you build a road or you build a building, you put rebar in the concrete to actually give the concrete integrity. And so what we've done is actually think about pulling out every third rebar. It doesn't really affect the integrity of the plant. It has really no effect on standability, but it increases digestibility. Think about the concrete as a cell digestibility. The other analogy I like using is also think about it like a rope where you twist a rope one way and the fibers get really tight. And in theory, the rumen microbes, if that was the stem of the alfalfa, you would not be able to get in through that really tight rope. But if you twist the rope the other way and you actually loosen those fibers up, that would allow the rumen microbes to go inside of that structure and actually digest that material. So we're making a small, again, a small but significant change. We're not taking all the lignin out. There's actually three types of lignin in alfalfa. We only change one of them. We change the one that actually has an influence on digestibility, not on standability. So I think it's very complicated. The only change that's been done is the digestibility of alfalfa has been significantly increased by using Harvextra technology. Lodging and standability has not been influenced in any regard with this product. I tell you what, I'm super excited about the trade here. And help me understand a little bit more of what goes on your forage days. You guys have been doing those for a while. I think they're absolutely outstanding. And for me, as a professional and for the grower. We do these forage days. I'm representing more of the Wisconsin market. I have a counterpart in western Minnesota and South Dakota that does a lot of the same types of programming. But we basically bring together our farmer audiences, answer plots, 30-mile, 40-mile circle around those answer plots, invite our growers in have a chance to visit with them about corn silage, talk to them about alfalfa, new technologies, in this case, Arvextra, talk to them about nutritional-type topics where we may talk about what is fiber, what is NDFD, what is RFQ. And so we spend a lot of time talking to growers about a lot of these forage nutrition-type issues that may not be talked about at a standard agronomy-type answer plot. Most of the answer plots now at forage days, we have an alfalfa demonstration there, and we have the uh, current, you know, all the varieties in there. Harvextra will be in the answer plots this year. All the answer plots will have a Harvextra demonstration, so all the growers and sellers will get a chance to actually uh, look at the product and see how it's growing. Looking at events for the summer, the best way to do it is look through the local egg retailer or the website for forage days coming up and what else can we learn this summer? Do you have any big events scheduled? So the big events, uh, we have a National Grower Day that will be coming up in uh, southeast Minnesota. That will be uh, sometime, I believe, in July. And then the general answer plots that we have, the forage days we have all all summer long. I do a lot of mine in August. I know one of my counterparts, Jeff, he does some in July and August again, so... Those will be available throughout the summer. But your local co-op and your cropland DSM will have more dates. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with our host, Kyle Weiner, Winfield United Master Agronomy Advisor, and Randy Welch, Cropland National Alfalfa Agronomist. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. 